I'm excited about the Word of God. I'm excited about the church that God has allowed us to minister in. I'm excited about you because I know your potential is far greater than you've ever imagined. And what can be accomplished is limitless. And I believe that with all my heart. There are people sitting here today that's been a recipient of this, this that I'm talking about faith. You, you, you have been healed. You've been set free from certain things. God has opened doors for you in business and in finance. Am I right or wrong? And I, I, I just want you to know, God has not run out of miracles. What is a miracle? It's God's divine intervention. It's when God steps in to our natural occurrences, our life. But something happened the other day. My wife was uh, going to heat up something for me to eat. Uh, you know, one of those TV trays. I'm just kidding. I've not seen one of those since I was a teenager. Anyway, something happened that really got me to thinking about faith. And about how things work, how things operate. And she was standing between the refrigerator and the microwave. And she was going to put something in the microwave. And she's standing there. And she reached and took that which she was going to put in the microwave. She opens the refrigerator and starts to put it in there. How many people know the refrigerator doesn't work real good as a microwave? But here is what we saw. And what we discussed at that moment. She was in the right place at the right time, just opened the wrong door. Now, y'all need to hear that. You can be at the right place at the right time and go through the wrong door, open the wrong door, and you've missed the whole thing. Faith is like that. You can be at the right place, the right time, everything looks good, but you open the wrong door. Not that the, that door is not useful, it's just not what you need to get that job done. I mean, if you need a microwave, you don't put it in a refrigerator. And in life, there's things that we reach and open up that we don't need at that moment. You may need it at some time, but you don't need it right then. And life is filled with those opportunities to open certain doors. I preached a message one time years ago. Matter of fact, it was given to me as I walked into a church in Miami. And the pastor asked me to speak off the cuff. And the Lord immediately spoke to me and said, this church is in the hall. By that I mean, I don't know if you all remember the old houses. There used to be a hallway and every, the bedroom, the bathroom and everything came off that hall room. And he said, there are people that are in the hall. And now they have to make a decision which door they're going to go through. So faith today, if we'll just see it as walking through the right door, that's my job. My job as a pastor is to make sure you find the correct door and you walk through it. Because it can change your whole life. Martin Luther King wrote this. Martin Luther King Jr., you've seen it. They've been flashing it lately. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. That's faith. You don't see it, but you know it's there. Have you ever gotten up in the middle of the night and you're fumbling around for something you can't see, but you know it's there? 
But I wrote something early in the morning that said this. Faith can be a treacherous path. Now hear this. Not faith is treacherous, so don't misconstrue that. I'm not saying faith is treacherous. You need to hear it. Faith can be a treacherous path. Because once you start walking down that, it's filled with many voices and many opinions. And people are going to try to guide you and take you into areas they want you to, to go. So I say this path is filled with many voices and dim lit obstacles. Things that could stop you. But if you carefully follow the tenets of faith, you will find your place in destiny at the end of your journey. At the end of your journey. What do you have to follow? As we'll find out, you have to follow the Word. That's the only thing that will make your way prosperous is following the Word of God. And a song came to me that something, the old rock and rollers, I think it was Journey, when they sang, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Hold on to this feeling. How many people remember that song? And I thought in reference to faith, we have got to not stop believing. But hold on to that feeling. So when things seem dark, I've got to, Brother Gross, when things get dark, I've got to hold on. When everybody turns against me, I've got to hold on. When circumstances look dim and grim, I've got to hold on. When I feel like I've lost my way, I've got to hold on. And I have to hold on to God's unchanging hand, which means His Word will not fail me. You say, why are you getting excited, Bishop? Because somebody needs to get excited about the Word of God. Somebody needs to get excited about where the Lord is taking us. Amen? So when I start feeling weak, insufficient, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. That's what my daddy used to say. Son, hold on. He said, when you've done all you done, can do to hold on, you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. That was some wisdom from an old timer. He said, tie a knot and hold on. Don't you give up. So I say the only limiting factor when we're dealing with faith is you. It's just you. Whether you like it or not, it's all about you. I can't make you have faith. I, can't, I can teach you the tenets of faith, but guess who's got to catch it? You've got to catch it. And then you have to hold on to it. Hold on to faith. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. And I thought this morning about my faith. When I'm speaking about faith, Floyd, my faith starts at the cross. You wonder where it starts? My faith starts at the cross and continues all the way to the right hand of the Father. My faith starts, and it doesn't start, people say, my faith starts and ends at the cross. Well, you've messed up. Because it starts at the cross, but it goes all the way to the right hand of the Father and in eternity, on and on. The Word keeps going on and on. And today, He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and I have faith in His ability. My faith is in the one who gave his life and his word so we could live everlasting. Now here's something that I believe we can all stand in faith for as something the Lord gave to me for us. Everybody say for us. You'll find this in Joel the second chapter verse 23 through 26 in the New Living Translation. 
And he says it like this. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. When he speaks of Jerusalem, who is he talking to? He's all talking to us. Because we are the people of God. Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we've been grafted in to the seed of Abraham. Don't have time to minister that right now, but we are connected. We are all brothers and sisters. That's why we call each other brother and sister. Because through the shed blood of Jesus, we are family. Okay. So he says, rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God for the rain. Now, this is for us. This is a promise. I have to have faith for it. For the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more the autumn rains will come as well as the rains of spring. Now watch. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain. This is for you. You say, well, I'm not a farmer. Well, I understand what he's saying here. The things that you need in your life, the things that you need for abundance is coming your way. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain. And the presses will overflow, watch this, with new wine and olive oil. Y'all understand that? The new wine speaks of, of the move of the Spirit. The oil is for healing. The Lord says, I will give you back. Oh, my God. That's why I say, hold on. He says, I will give you back what, what you lost to the swarming locust. He said, and the cutting locust. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Why? Because they weren't listening. Once again, you will have all the food you want. Now that should touch you right at the core of your heart. You'll have all the food you want and you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Now here is it. Let's hold on to this. Never again will my people be disgraced. Never, 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 never. Everybody say never. Never again shall my people be disgraced. Why? Because God's about to step into our mess. He's about to step into our confusion. He's about to step into the decisions we've made that have messed us up. How many will be honest with me today? Because I'll be brutally honest with you. I've made some terrible errors in my life. And that's a nice way of saying I've sinned. We've made some terrible errors in our life, and it's only because of Jesus Christ that we, we've made it. Can anybody else say in here, I've made some terrible errors in my life? Well, the good news is, he's not keeping record. What he's saying is, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you strength. I'm going to give you great ability. I just have a feeling today that somebody in here is going to do some great things. I mean, I'm just, you say, well, Bishop, you say that. No, 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 no. There are times in, in life that I feel somebody that's listening to me today is going to do something phenomenal. And you're going to remember I said that, and you're going to come back and say it was me. It's going to happen. Why? Because my people will never again, never again. Never, never, never again be disgraced. So I say, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Faith's coming. And with it, all the answers you need. All the answers. So how does it come? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes. So then faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the Word of God. Do you all understand that? It's only by and through the Word of God. You say, well, Bishop, I've heard you say that before. And if you hang around another 15 or 20 years, you'll hear me say it over and over again. This message was birthed in me back, I think, about 10 to 15 years ago. And when you understand, it, truth never changes. Truth is always truth. Faith is to the Christian as a lifeline is to a climber. Have you ever seen those people climbing those, those cliffs? I watched a young lady. She's climbing up there, and, and her boyfriend was down below her. And all of a sudden, she got to a certain point, and she's trying to put her foot up. I can't even reach up as high as you. She's trying to get and lost her footing. I mean, on a cliff that I wouldn't even want to stand on the brink of it and look. And she fell. But guess what stopped her? She went down and fell, and the line grabbed her. Her lifeline. Some call it a tether. If you're in space and you step out of the space station, you are linked to a tether, which gives you the support you need. And I'm going to tell you this. The lifeline and the tether is imperative in faith. You have to have it. You have to have it. You know, that we are all a lifeline. One of an, uh, Together we're a lifeline. I give you strength, you give me strength, we give the collective a strength. So that when you call and say, hey, I need prayer, you know that people can pray, and it's going to happen. Had people this morning call with COVID needed prayer. People that are having other issues that could be very detrimental. I believe that the second we said in the name of Jesus, he heard us. Why? Because the body, whether you pray with me, I know you're with me. Does that make sense? Whether you're saying the words with me, I know you're with me. That's important. So I have to have a lifeline. What is it? With this truth, I want you to know that faith is something, faith is something you yourself have to develop. You have to develop it. I can't do it for you. I can instruct. But faith is something you have to develop. It's something you must exercise. It's like this. I can't go to the gym and work out for you. Hey, Bishop, will you go uh, work out a couple hours for me? Because I'm really, I'm really feeling it. No, dummy, I can't. Because if you want to work out, you've got to go yourself and do it. The only thing I can do for you is go eat for you. But it's not going to fill you up. It's something you have to develop, something you, then you work it and you start to exercise it. And all of us must develop our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone, I don't care how high you are or how low you are, you have to develop that faith in the Lord Jesus. And in, in recognizing this, you have to understand that all of us are not on the same level of faith. Go ahead and know that you're not. There's different levels of faith. Some are more developed in their faith than others. How many people know that? So we're going to teach this truth about this in love. Because a lot of people teach outside of love. They teach arrogantly. They teach very harshly. They teach rudely. I don't. I want to teach it in love to where we can understand this and go forward. So we can receive the Word of God. And you can receive it and go to the Word of God for yourself and find out that what I'm saying is truth. And then after you read it, you need to learn to apply it in your life. Application is important. You can have a salve. You can have a bomb. B-A-L-M, not a bomb. 
you can have a salve, and it's great. I can carry the tube around with me all day long. But until I open it up and, and, and apply it, it does no good for me. Am I right or wrong? Application is important. So we need to learn to apply it. So in the beginning, let's start this. Let's take the problem we have with many of the things we teach in the body of Christ is we try to say that this is the truth, and we try to make that truth the truth. Does that make sense to anybody here? We try to take a truth and make it the truth. And there's many aspects of truth in the Word of God. So, you have to be very careful. Like this. I've heard people, how many people know that there was, there's a move, there was a move where they said, if you confess it enough, you'll get it. Y'all remember that? They were teaching that. Confess it, confess it, confess it. There's someone in here in town was teaching that a lot. Uh, I won't mention his name. But it was all about confession. And they make that a truth. The whole truth. The total complete truth. But that is not the complete truth. It will get you into trouble just confessing and not understanding the application. Not understanding the tenets. Not understanding what I tell you last week. The principles of faith. They say all you have to do is confess with your mouth. Now, that may be true in salvation, confess your mouth and believe in your heart. But when it comes to faith, brother, it takes more than just confession. So, they teach you if you say it, you're going to have it. How many people have said it before and not got it? Come on now, let's be honest. There are aspects of the truth, of this truth, there's a power in confession. It is a truth, but it's not the, tr the truth. There's more to it. There's more than just saying something over and over and getting it. There's just more to it. You, it's, there's some important things that we need to go over. It requires, there's things that God requires in the walk of faith. Not Alan. I'd give it to you. There's things that God requires in the walk of faith. It is a, something you've heard me preach a hundred thousand times. It is a process. Faith is a process. Before anyone gets a manifestation, before anyone gets a manifestation, unless God does something miraculous, you're going to have to go through the process. How many people know that's true? So what it really comes down to is everyone, me included, we all have to examine ourselves, self-examination, and determine what level of faith we really live on, and not step outside that until we exercise to a level where we can get to that faith. That's why it's so important when we have prayer, we come up here and we pray, we add faith to faith. It's not just your faith, it's my faith, your faith, and the collective, and that faith moves mountains. That's what's important. I've watched God heal people that I was in a church in Ohio preaching, and I was going to pray for some people. You've heard me say this before. I'm going to pray. And a man comes down the aisle, and a pastor leaned over to me and said, don't pray for him. I said, what are you talking about? He said, don't pray for him. He's whispering to me. I said, what? He said, he's drunk. I said, so? He's drunk. 
I said, so I'll pray for him and he's going to get sober. Because the man came up there with prostate cancer. He wouldn't confess that he was a Christian. He just heard me preaching and thought, man, I wonder if this stuff's real. Here's the deal. When he did come up and he was prayed for, he did get sober and God healed him of the prostate cancer. But understand, it was our faith collective, wasn't his. He just, he just offered himself at that moment and God did something miraculous. Why? To prove to the people that God doesn't care who you are, he'll heal you. Some people say, well, he'll only heal certain people. No, that's not quite true. He will heal anyone. Matter of fact, he will help anyone. Matter of fact, let me say this. God loves you. He's not against you. He's for you. Amen? So we have to determine what level of faith we live on because all of us operate in that level. Romans 12, verse 3 in the King James Version. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. That's a problem we have in the world today. Everybody thinking more highly of themselves than they should think. But to, that, but to think soberly according as, as, watch this, to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. He's given everybody a measure, so you're not starting off with nothing. He's trying to get. You, he's trying to do that like they like they used to do when they'd make a certain uh, an ingredient, a starter. They'd call it a starter, like yogurt. In order to have good yogurt, you have to have a starter to make it, and that's what he does. He gives us a starter so that we can exercise that level of faith and start moving up and get to the dimension that we want to walk in. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> So to just confess something without applying and understanding the other parts of the process. As taught in the Word of God, we have to understand that process as the Word speaks it. It's something like this. You cannot build, you say, well, I want to build a house. Well, you don't say, you want to build a three-story house. You don't start building the third story. You don't start building the second story. Matter of fact, you don't even start building the first story. What do you build first, Christian? Foundation. And in faith, you have to start at the foundation. Because if you don't do it, there's no way to build that building. It's impossible. You cannot complete it. So there are people who hold a truth like this, and they want to start operating in a faith that they don't have. I can mention some names that many of y'all would, would not know uh, of great faith people like Oral Roberts, great faith person, Billy Graham, uh, Kenneth Hagin. I can mention those names. You may not know them, but they were great generals of faith. They understood. And there's people that want to step into it, been in church for two weeks and want to operate like them. It doesn't work that way. You have to operate in the level of faith where you are. And here's where it gets. You get into trouble. When you try to operate outside your faith, you get out on a limb, and then you, it gets cut off. And then, and then, everybody say, and then. Amen. Then when people start to fail, they get frustrated. And I've heard this before. They say, this faith stuff doesn't work. No, you don't work. Faith works. You need to listen. And we all need to listen good. Faith works. Why? Our God is a faith God. That's what moves him. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's what the Bible says. We'll go over that in the next few weeks. There's no way to get around it. We have to have faith. Matter of fact, you would not even be able to say, if you're a Christian today, you say, well, I'm a Christian. How many people say they're a Christian in here? I mean, I'm not trying to embarrass you. But if you are a Christian, the only way you can be saved is by and through faith. What do you mean? If you're born again, you cannot be born again without faith. This happens because of the law of faith. It's a law. We'll get into that later on. In Romans 1, 15 through 17, the Bible says this. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. He said, I want to preach this. This is Paul. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the, say the word, it is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel, the word of God, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It's revealed. Faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You understand this is where it starts. I want to read that in the New International Version just for clarity. He says, that's why I am so eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as is written, the righteousness shall live by faith. We have to live, act, and thrive and grow in faith. If you've got a business that you want, you'd like it to go forward, and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to believe me when I tell you, you have to have faith for it to go to the level you, you want it to go. You know why some of the athletes now are giving the Lord glory? Because they realize they couldn't do it on their own. They finally realize it. Deion Sanders, one of the greatest ever, he confessed it. Some of the others that I've heard recently, it's not a fake to them. It's not just a cliche. It's the truth. They really believe that they needed Jesus Christ. And they did. I will not stand in unbelief, opposite of faith. I will not stand in doubt, but watch this, Floyd. I will stand in his sight and not mine. What he sees and not what I see. So you must believe. There was a man, his name was Dr. Patton. He was a missionary. And he wanted to express to the indigenous people faith. He wanted to talk to him about belief or believing. But guess what? That wasn't a part of the language. You remember, Kenny, when I was in Haiti, I was talking. Remember when I was preaching in Haiti in that outdoor arena? We were talking, and, and the missionary said to me, they don't understand hell. He said, they don't understand snow. Some of the things you're talking about, they don't understand. He said, they think they are living in hell. So I had to really think, okay, now I need to change my vernacular here and my semantics so they'll understand where I'm coming from. So this is what Dr. Patton decided. He said, wait a minute, they don't understand me. Not a part of their language. But then as he was relaxing one day, one of the young men, indigenous men, came into his hut there where he was sitting, and he fell down on a chair. 
And he said, I am so tired. He said, I lean my whole weight on this chair. And immediately Dr. Patton said, that's it. That's the way I will express belief. I'm going to lean my whole weight on God. You lean your whole weight on the Spirit. I'm going to lean my whole weight. Everything that I have, everything that I'm doing, everything, I lean on Him with my whole weight. Now, how can I say that? If you, if you flop down in a chair, which this young man did, why would you do that? Unless you trusted that chair would hold you. I'm not going to flop down on anything because I've watched people flop down on chairs and the chair legs go. I mean, it was ridiculous looking, like a cartoon. But the truth of the matter is, if I'm going to flop down, my daddy never trusted a chair. If you watch my daddy, said he was like 285 pounds. Big boy. But I would watch him. I'd watch him. He'd walk over to a chair. He'd put his hand on it, and then he'd slowly sit down. You know why? He never trusted the chair. But if you're going to flop down on a chair, and you're going to put your whole weight on it in, in an instant, that means you trust that chair. Am I right? That's what I say of God, as Dr. Patton said. I am going to trust God and throw my whole weight on him. For he said, lean on me. Trust in me. I will not walk in doubt. Little prose that says, doubt sees the darkest night, but faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believe. Faith answers, I. It's about faith. But how does it work? There's several aspects of the gospel, one of which is what I just mentioned a moment ago, salvation. That's a great aspect of faith because you have to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life. You confess your mouth, believe in your heart, and here comes salvation. But let's look at salvation because it's such a broad concept when we talk about salvation. Notice what Paul said in Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We should never be ashamed of the gospel because gospel means, the gospel means the good news. Why would I be ashamed of the good news? I'm going to throw my whole weight on, Butch. I'm going to throw my whole weight on the good news. So the law of faith, mark this statement. The law of faith is a major part of the gospel. It is a major part of the good news. You cannot receive salvation without the confession and faith. Then we'll hear people that will make these statements. I've heard all I want to hear about faith. I've heard it, Bishop. Matter of fact, I heard you preach this now on to 15 years ago. Well, then why aren't you walking in it? For people say, I've heard all I want to hear about this faith. Well, if you've heard all that you want to hear, then you've heard all the word of God you want to hear. That's what you're saying. I've heard all the Word of God that I want to hear because, you see, the Word of God is filled with faith. It's faith in action. Faith in action. 
So if you're going to teach this word, the gospel, the good news, you see, good news is good news. The good news is no matter what you've done in life, he wants to help you. The good news is he wants to make a way for you where there seems to be no way. He wants to brighten your day when it seems so dark and gloomy. And some say, you know, I think it's over. I think it's all over for me. No, it's just beginning if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When somebody says to me, I've heard all I want to hear about this thing called faith, it's probably because of the attitude in which it was taught. Because if it's taught in love, it gets planted properly. What did I tell you last week about Proverbs? It's the sweetness of the lips. In other words, how you say it, that it's accepted by people. That's why I'm against these preachers, these Bible thumpers. That say what they say and they're so harsh. And they say, well, I have to be harsh to keep people out of hell. Oh, no, no. I can preach about heaven and get, them out, get people out of hell. I don't have to tell them they're going there. Many of them already know what's going on. I'm not like a guy I saw the other day. He had a t-shirt on on the back of it. said, I'm going to hell to be with all my friends. Well, you know what? That ain't me. <laughs> it ain't a, a thing to brag about. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of this thing called the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the good news. Why? Because if you read the scripture, because it is the power of God. So the good news, the word of God is the power of God. It is, mark it down, that's what will take you into a greater level of faith. Is understanding that God has spoken a word like I did to you in Joel. When he said, my people will never be disgraced. You've got to take that and realize he's saying that, and we can live in it today. So when we talk about salvation, it's not just in reference to being born again, a born-again experience. Salvation encompasses all of the God's promises to us. When you say, I, I, I'm walking in his saving grace and salvation, it encompasses all of God's promises in his words. It is faith. It is prosperity. It is healing. It's everything that's involved. in the It's all involved in the concept of salvation. So you say, well, I just want prosperity. Well, there's no way to get into that outside of, of uh, salvation. Am I right or wrong? Come on, help me. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and neither should we be. God is a good God. 